Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarshay and I'm sitting here in my conservatory. It's, oh, I think it's about seven o'clock in the morning. We're still in lockdown, which is why I'm getting up early to do these recordings. So the sound of the rest of the people in the house can't be heard. But you might hear the odd pigeon or magpie or crow wandering across the roof of the conservatory and hopefully you'll hear the odd bird winging its way past but it's a beautiful sunny morning. I shall be setting my office up outside again because fortunately I found a way to take the computer outside and work in the garden during lockdown so that's been lovely and I've got some designs I'm looking to finish off and do today so that will be good and then I will be back on my book promotion which is coming out on Sunday I'm so excited May the 31st it will be live and launched and it's already selling so that's fantastic it's called I Want to Like My Garden by Rachel McCartain you can find it on Amazon and Waterstones this is a gardening book you can pick up and read from cover to cover and just so that you might have your interest piqued a little. I wrote it basically asking myself two questions. One was, how could you do the garden if you don't know what to do? And the second question is, if you didn't know much or anything at all about plants, what would you need to know in order to be able to make yourself a garden? So this comes at gardening from a completely different perspective. It comes from your perspective. It comes from thinking, what do you really need to know so that you can actually make a nice space outside? So that's coming out. It's available on Amazon or Waterstones in paperback. The ebook will be coming out shortly afterwards as well. Have a read. It is designed to help you. It's designed to help you make your garden better. So it isn't like any other gardening book that you will have probably bought. This is not a coffee table book. It's not full of glorious pictures of incredibly expensive, fabulous gardens that nobody can afford to do or make or maintain. This is about how everybody and anybody can create better garden or make a garden that they want to be in. I hope you enjoy that. If you do buy the book, thank you so much, by the way. Um, There are surprisingly a lot of work. It's taken me 18 months to get to this point. But if you have bought one, uh, please leave a review. Please tell me what you think. I'm planning book two as we speak. So all the things that that aren't included, and there are things that people want to know, I can write about that in book two. But anyway, what of today's programme? And for those of you that do download these podcasts, you know that I don't record these podcasts as a kind of weekly magazine program so that you follow from week to week to week what's going on. These are a a series of discussion topics more. If you've got problems, how do you solve them? So what of today? And I'm very fortunate where I live is that I live about a five minute walk from the sea and we have a very natural beach in the sense that it's houses along the coastline, there are no bars, there are no restaurants, there are no toilets, there are no burger bars, there's nothing but stones and sand and sea and the the natural sea plant vegetation for a good three, four mile walk. And it's lovely. 
And as I was walking on the sea yesterday, I was thinking, you know, one of the lovely things about walking by the seaside is the sense of space. It's the view. It's the fact that you just have this big area about you. You can stare out to sea. There is something very therapeutic about it. There is something very mentally relaxing about it. And it got me thinking on my walk that what is it about these views? You know, we all love sitting and going out for a walk and seeing a view, but what actually are we enjoying? And it struck me that it's not so much what the view is, it's what the view does. So for example, you can be in a beautiful country park, or you can be in the mountains, or you can be by the sea, or you can be standing on the top of a very tall building looking at a view. You all, and we all experience the same reaction. The view provides an element of escapism. We can feel calmer because we're not crowded in. We feel we have space to breathe. There are some of us who do live in places where we have this ability to have a view, but there are many, many millions of people who live in urban environments. They live in modern housing estates. They live in flats. They might have a very small courtyard garden and they're very closed in. There is simply not the ability to have this big distant view. So that's what this podcast really was about. It's if you haven't got a view, what do you do? In a small garden, you can't fit a lot in. That's blindingly obvious. What you will have in every small garden is a place to sit. Because that's the most fundamentally important thing. You might want to eat out there, but you have somewhere you can sit and enjoy the outside. Now, in order to create the benefits of a view, and albeit that we can't create that visual distance at ground level, We've got to give that sense of visual distance at ground level. And it's going back to what the view, rather than what the view is, it's what the view does. And what the long view does is it gives you a sense of escapism. It gives you a sense that it's you and the world. There is nothing crowding your visual space. So you feel that you have that level of escapism. You can take yourself somewhere. So that's what we're trying to achieve, which sounds terribly grand, I know, in a small garden, but we, we can, you know, we have to, that's, that's the emotion we're looking to try and do. Now, it is impossible to evoke that emotion if you're sitting in your garden and everywhere around you, people can see in. How on earth can you have a mental escape if Everybody can look in your garden and, and see what you're doing. The first thing about having a view or creating a view in the garden is actually not about giving yourself something to look at. It's about giving yourself one spot where you feel private. Creating one place in the garden where when you sit there, you don't feel that somebody else is looking over or looking down on you. Now, it could be that you can create that sense of privacy very simply by putting up a parasol 
or having one of those sort of little sail awnings that you raise up and you can sit underneath it and you can feel that nobody else can see you where you are in that spot. You can plant a tree strategically, but obviously with small trees and things, there is a trade-off between the privacy and the light that they, they take up. So you want to be to, to select a carefully a tree that isn't dense. I mean, avoid all sorts of conifers and that kind of thing, because you don't want some great light-sucking monster but you want a lighter, more open tree. And there are lots of nice little small trees that you can find and you can put in the garden, but a strategic placement is what you're looking at. So that when you sit where you like to sit, you feel that no one else can see you. So once you've done that, the second thing is to shut your eyes. So you're sitting in your favorite spot in your garden, you're feeling private. Now, open your eyes. And the first thing that catches your attention in front of your eye, what is it? Because that's where naturally you will look. That's what's capturing your attention. So that's where your view ideally has to be created. Now, it could be that what you are looking at is nice or it's not unattractive or it could be that it's some great glaring carbuncle of a horrible thing and we need to cover it over but it doesn't matter whether it's a good or bad that object or that corner or whatever it is that is where your attention is drawn to naturally so that is the area that we have to work on your garden isn't big enough for us to create something somewhere else in the garden to distract you from the ugly bit. The ugly bit is right front and center of you, so we have to deal with it. So how do we do that? What are we trying to do now with creating a view? Well, obviously we need to have something nice to look at. That's key. And it could be planting, it's a border, it could be sculptures, it could be all sorts of things. But what it's got to do, what you need to think of is that particular area in front of you, you need to get as much in that space as possible. Let's just say, for example, in terms of a discussion, you're looking at the, the corner of your garden. It is not a two-dimensional space. It is not just creating a border or something at the, at the bottom. What you are looking at is a three-dimensional box of space that might go up to about six or eight feet high. But you have to fill the space of that box. So it's not just a question about putting a few plants on the ground. That will not fill your view. That will not create a depth of a view to allow you to feel that you've got something to look at. So what you have is this box. You have to start from eye level. So when you walk in the garden, we stare straight ahead. What do you see at eye level? So that's the first thing that will capture your attention. So that's the most important thing to get right. Now, it could be that you put a plant or it could be that you put a mirror or you could be that you raise up uh, a water feature or you have a tree but it has to be something that captures your attention at eye level. From that point on, you can work down what's in the midriff, 
what's at your feet what sits above it so the box is filled from top to bottom and you also don't want to have it just one plant deep that will not give you a sense of depth or a sense of a view or a sense of space you need to make this border bigger than you might feel comfortable thinking oh crikey it's taking up space in my garden but you're not putting anything else particularly in the garden so make this feature really stand out this is a look at me border this is what you want it to be it has to grab your attention because if it doesn't it's not a view you can't sit there and just look at it this border might need to be bigger than you might think it should be bring it out so that you might be able to get one certainly two or three plants deep if at all possible so that you have create that sense of depth from the front of the border to the back of the border so we've got our box filled we've got things at the top the middle the midriff and the bottom and we've got something deep we can go back one two three plants to create a view but the thing is now what plants do we do what is going to be a good view how can we create that? What is going to capture your interest? And again, go back to when you're sitting by the beach or when you're sitting looking at the mountains. What is capturing your attention? There's obviously the great grandness of everything. But if you're sitting on the beach, you tend to watch the waves rolling in. If you're sitting up looking at the mountains, you might watch the clouds going across the top of the mountain or the, or the clouds being blown from the tip of the mountain peak. If you're looking at the cityscape, for example, you might be watching the cars going along the, the roads from a distance. You might be watching planes flying overhead. That's what's capturing your attention in the view, isn't it? And what's the one common feature of all of them? They move. So your border has to have plants that move. They have to sway in the breeze. They have to dance and flop about. Big hefty shrubs are not going to cut the mustard here. So you've got to sit there thinking, I need something, at least one or two things that will move in the breeze. Because then when I'm sitting in my chair, in my favourite spot, in my small little garden, I can watch that thing move. The second thing, this border has to work hard, okay? Visually, it's got to look good, but it has to do more than that. We notice everything, but we don't notice everything with our eyes only. We notice things with, our, with a taste, with smell, with touch, with sound. So the next key thing that you need to have in your view-creating border is scent. You need a plant, one plant that releases scent in the wintertime, and incidentally one that's really good is a plant called Sarcococca, it's one of my favourite plants ever. Uh, it's a big evergreen, it's an evergreen shrub, nearly indestructible, but has the most fabulous scent in winter. Do you know the dustbin lorry's going past right now, I apologise if you can hear it in the background. Life goes on, hey? Anyway, you need some scented plants in the spring and you need something that will issue scent especially at night 
because let's face it, most of the time you're working in the day, so you need something that releases scent at night. Now, a plant that's really good for that, that you can sow in if you've got a little sunny border, it's not the prettiest plant, but it's night scented stock, Mathiola bicornis. Now it's a very small scraggy looking plant, but in the evening it releases an amazing scent. So when you're sitting and having dinner or having a glass of wine in your back garden, you get that scent and it can work the same way as a view. So you've got movement and you've got scent. Now what else is really essential, bearing in mind this border has to work really, really hard to give you that visual view that you're looking for. And this is where we go from saying big view down to micro view. What do you watch if you go out into the woods or you go into the park or something like that and you're looking at the plants? You watch the bees, you watch the butterflies, you watch insects, ladybirds crawling over things. So your view now can bring you right in close in your small space of your little garden, you have plants that are really good at attracting the pollinators that you have. So you want everything to be a bee-friendly plant so that you can sit there having a cup of tea on a summer's morning and watch the bees hopping in and out of the flowers. You can watch the butterflies landing. You can look at hoverflies buzzing around. That's what gives you that sense of interest. But more importantly, in a small garden, that's what gives you the sense of escapism. You can also add depth, even more depth, to your view with the use of other materials other than plants. A strategically placed mirror, for example, at the back of the border means that you don't see the mirror, but what you do see is the reflection the plants and maybe the light and it gives you the feeling that that is a bigger space than it actually is. Now there are two things with mirrors. The first thing is to try and get the biggest one that you can and what you want to try and do is not see the edges of it. So you just, those can kind of be hidden away, maybe you put it behind a trellis. The second thing is don't have a big open space of mirror. Because although it may look very lovely to us, the poor birds don't know it's a mirror and they go hurtling through thinking that there's clear blue sky the other side and they fly straight into the mirrors and they kill themselves. So you need to put a mirror behind something so that the birds won't fly into it. Mirrors are good, they're something reflective. Any other reflective surface, shiny metal balls that you can put on the border for example, they will capture the light from the sky. You can have those sort of kinetic wind sculpture things. Anything that gives you a sense of movement and visual interest. Remember, creating a view is not about creating something amazingly, fantastically grand and extravagant to look at. It's not what the view is, it's what the view does. So it's giving you the ability to have a little mental escapism. So having that privacy or that place in the garden where you feel private and something to look at that is a visually fills your space 
it emotionally fills your space because it provides scent, it provides texture, it provides something to look at in the sense that you're bringing wildlife in. That's what the view is. So thank you for listening. You can find lots more advice on my website, plantplots.com. There are three, four hundred pages of my viewpoint on garden design advice, which is very much and always from the point of, of you. It's not imparting horticultural knowledge to you. It's me showing you, hopefully, how you can use that knowledge in your garden to help you make a better garden, to help you make your gardening easier. As I said, take a look at my book, please. It's I Want to Like My Garden by Rachel McCartane. You can find it on Amazon or Waterstones. It's $9.99 as the recommended retail price. Hopefully you'll get it cheaper. Hope you enjoy it. If you do, please put a review on. If you've got any questions, got any queries, want some help designing your garden, you can email me, rachel at plantplots.com. In the meantime, Stay safe, enjoy your gardens, and I hope I've given you a little food for thought so you too can actually sit there in your little space and go, do you know what? I can escape within my garden. I now know what to do. Have a great day, folks. Bye for now.